Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Ironbrew Podcasting Conversation Series. Brad Mail and Matt Blanchard for this one. Uh, now, our interview today is one we've been hoping to do for most of this season, actually. I think it'll be quite an interesting one. Um, so we're very pleased to have him on the podcast. He was only with us a couple of months, but he certainly made a big impact. Uh, Jim Carajan, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Um, I think I think we've got to start really with this season, haven't we? Let's go straight into Scunthorpe United. Um, now, you signed in January. But you were training with the club for a couple of months beforehand. And I think I'm right in saying you were in Australia before that. So how did that move come about that you ended up training with Scunthorpe? Yeah, well, uh, Mark Howard obviously joined uh, Chomp, who's a real good friend of mine. Um, and I think he kind of spoke to the gaffer and, and mentioned my name, um, in which I then had a conversation with the, the gaffer pretty quickly off the back of that. And uh, the gaffer wanted to get me in, but... I think at the time, the circumstances of the club and I think financially didn't know where they were at, etc. So it didn't happen for you know a good couple of weeks, even though we were talking. And then it kind of got to the stage where it was like, look, just if you want, you can come in and you know tick yourself over. And that was it, really. So I came in, did that for a little while, and, and we were discussing kind of signing. Um, but the the kind of offer on the table to begin with wasn't. You know, it was just wasn't really going to make me kind of sign for the club at that time. Um, I, I think the chairman was probably worried about me not playing for a little while. And yeah, just, I don't know, really. He, he kind of offered something that would, you know, I think a lot of people would probably laugh at, to be honest. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm a professional, so I just, you know, said no at the time and just carried on training and, until the point where they, they came with an offer that I thought, you know what, makes sense to kind of do it now yeah you mentioned there that um obviously you've not played for a little while um i know you've been in australia but not really made many appearances did you think was that the reason he gave to not offer you a contract or um, to not offer you kind of what you were hoping for a little bit earlier on um well i went to australia there was well i've pretty much missed the whole season of football i went to australia in, in the january so i played all the games to from when i signed um and then the offer was to kind of stay out there, but my wife was pregnant at the time and, and we wanted to come home. And then when I came home, I, I had a few things on the table, but nothing that really kind of made me want to kind of commit to. And as time went on, um, you know, it's a, it's a tough world football. You kind of forgotten quickly and a lot of questions are then asked why have you haven't signed and, and all these kind of things. And then COVID hit. So, you know, I just was in a situation, unfortunately, where I, I kind of missed the whole season of, of football, which was crazy. But, you know, at the same time, when I look back, it was a blessing, really. I pretty much got to spend every day with my daughter, which, you know, not a lot of people can, can get in the football world. Um, so I hadn't played a lot of games, which I understood. So, but the offer kind of that was put to me just, you know, it, uh, there was just kind of, it wasn't even a, a non-starter, to be honest. And, and the gaffer 
kind of even said, you know, I, I, it's just something I know what you're going to say, but that you can keep training, which I did. And, you know, the gaffer was brilliant with me and, and he was, apart from obviously my one of my close friends being there, um, he was the real reason that, that got me to the club. He, he was always honest with me. You know, he was always saying he was desperate to sign me and et cetera. So knowing that, you know, and having his trust kind of just thought, look, I'm going to play for someone that really wants me to be there and I'm going to play every game. So I kind of just went with my gut feeling and, and you know, fortunately enough, I, I ended up playing most games. But it was um, it was just one of those things when you've been out of the game for a little while. Yes, an offer's an offer, but at the same time, you know, you've got to have, got to have your worth and, and that's just why, why it kind of took so long to happen. It seems from what you're saying there that, you know, you, you had a pretty decent relationship with Neil Cox and we'll, we'll come on to him a little bit later on. So you mentioned that even though you didn't take up that offer at that point, that you carried on training with the club. So when the seasons got underway in those early couple of games, the results aren't going Scunthorpe's way. How were you sort of feeling as a player? Because on the one hand, you know, you're with the club, you're training with the team, you're getting to know the guys there. But at the same time, you're not actually signed for the club. So, so what's that like, you know, seeing those results and I guess not being able to impact them? How does it make you feel as a player? Yeah, it was, it was a weird one because... It wasn't actually pretty much from when Mark signed, which wasn't that many games really into the season. It was probably only about 11 or 12, I'd say. Um, you know, I had my first conversation with the gaffer and, you know, I, was, I, I thought then something would get done. So it's frustrating for myself that kind of gone from gone from uh, conversations where, you know, I thought I was going to be signing. So then time went on and, and we were creeping into kind of December and then it was just to train. So it was frustrating, but, you know, it was it was a good when I first come in to the the squad. You know, a young squad, some old older pros who I'd, I'd kind of uh, played against or played with in, in Mark's kind of uh, situation. And you know, there was there was a good little bunch, and, and I was enjoying just kind of playing football again. And even though there was a lot of kind of games going with the first team, so you know, the the starting eleven etc. would kind of be off doing a cool down or having a different session to to myself and a few of the other lads. You know. It was, it was good just to get back in the swing of things and um, it was tough, you know, getting back to fitness, but at the same time, it was nice just to get back into the swing of things and, you know, start enjoying kind of kicking the ball about again. So, you know, it it, it was fun and, and obviously frustrating when you'd see results kind of go against you and you thought you could help out and, and you're kind of just waiting for something better to come from, from the chairman. So, yeah, it was frustrating, but, you know, it's just the way it was at the time. I think early on, fans were really concerned about the lack of experience. I know the signings in the summer were, were relatively young. Um, and I think everyone was crying out for that experience, even sort of a couple of games in. Um, do you think the, the results early on kind of forced the chairman's hand in the end? So he had to actually bring yourself in. Obviously, Mark came in and, and even Junior Brown as well. Do, do you think that was kind of um, necessity? Not that he actually wanted to do it, but because of the situation we were, we were kind of heading towards. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd definitely say so. I think from from my understanding and on everything, it was kind of that, that a lot of kind of clubs, it's not just the, the chairman, it, a lot of clubs kind of want to go down the route of young squads, players with sell-on value, etc. But, you know, you, you still need to put out a team that are going to get you results. And and at that time, you know, unfortunately, you didn't. And yeah, he, he had to kind of look, look to the market and, and bring in, you know, more experience and more competition to the squad so you know I think his hand hand was kind of forced but you know I, I know for a fact that the gaffer wanted to kind of bring in experienced players and 
you kind of had to wait to for that to happen. Unfortunately, it did. Um, you know, Junior was was brilliant every game I played with him. So he had a lot to the squad, and unfortunately, he got he got injured. And I think that that was probably a huge part towards the end of the season why we probably tailed off a little bit, I'd say. And you know, injuries to like Jordan Clark, another experienced player, and and Harrison. You know, you could kind of see as see as soon, soon as them bits of experience kind of were dropping out, the results started taking a, a, a dip. And you know, when you're in the kind of scrap they were in, you you just need people that have been there and know how. And and unfortunately, with the injuries, etc., that there wasn't that. So it, it was disappointing. And you know, fortunately enough, the gaffer was allowed in the end to to bring a few in that would I'd say would help make the difference. Yeah, and as you're saying there, that experience definitely did make the difference. Um, so you've already mentioned when you did sign in January that you ended up playing most of the rest of the season. So I guess you've already answered it in a way, but it must have been nice to actually finally you know, sign that deal for the club and be able to play for them. Yeah, um, you know, eventually when we kind of come, come to an agreement, um, there's only so long you can wait and, and not kick a ball before... You, you just don't know what the next thing is going to be. So, you know, I kind of took a leap of faith and, and I guess to a certain extent, the gaffer did in signing me because when you haven't played football for a little while, like, yeah, you can train and you and you can put, show them what you can do on the pitch and, and go through everything that they put you through. But until you play some games, you don't know what's going to happen. But fortunately enough, um, I always had confidence in myself and, and the gaffer did that I could go out there and play all the games and, we started off quite well. Obviously, it was disappointing that the Salford game to begin with my first one and then the barrel away, which was a real kick in the teeth. Um, and we had a good old chat after that game. And there's a few home truths said in that changing room after, which which was only been in a short period of time, needed to happen. And, and then we had a little upturn in results, which was which was huge and you know gave us some, some vital points on the board to, to keep us safe. Yeah, just just on uh, Neil Cox there. I know um, just before you came in, he well actually signed the deal. He was kind of suggesting that there may be other clubs in for you because obviously it'd been that long. Um, yeah. Were there any other offers at the time, or, or you know? Yeah, it, it was a strange one. I always had little things coming in. Um, a lot of stuff was from abroad, you know, which which was difficult at the time with everything that was going on. Um, a few of the situations were kind of me just going on my own, and that that just wasn't going to happen with you know, only, only having a, a, a young baby and, you know, I didn't want to leave my family. So, especially in the situation that we're in. So there were things, there's a couple of things again in League One that popped up just before I, I come to Scumfort, but again, was probably too far away from home. Um, so I kind of just stuck to my guns and then, you know, Scumfort, even though it's, it's not the closest of places, it, it was still doable with, um, with heading down the FM62 every day. So it, that was fine, but, there were little things, but it was just kind of, luckily enough, the gaffer, like, like I keep saying, he was the one that kind of made me do it, really, my relationship with him. When you signed it in January and you touched on those four wins, you know, very briefly, when we're looking back on the season as a whole, really, that's probably what kept us up in the end. At, at the time, did it feel like there'd been a bit of a change from the month previously? Yeah, because, um, you know, like, like I said, after that Barrow game, which was like really disappointing, um you know, it was a great chance for us to kind of go there and take three points of the team that were in and around us. And it was it was just horrible after that game, the feeling in the dressing room. And, and like I said, we had kind of had it out as a, as a group and uh, things were said. And after that, there was a, there was a kick on in, in everything in, you know, people, the way they were kind of treating training, that the way they were around the place, there was a real 
you know, spark and, and the results came off the back of that. So they were huge and they were they were difficult games and I think the Grinsby game which gave everyone that boost as well after a good week of training, it it kinda of kick started that, that form and you know, you look back at it now and they were huge, them them goals that, that we got and Beasties like Cracker against Colchester where we, we were kind of you know, hanging on a little bit. They, they were massive for us. So it it was a brilliant month for, for the club to kind of push us away from it a little bit and, and kind of look upwards rather than over our shoulder. I think we needed that bust up, you know, in the dressing room. Do you think maybe some players were going through the motions a little bit at that time? Yeah, like even, even though I'd been there only, what, probably six, seven weeks training and, and only been there a couple of weeks, there was just stuff that was kind of going on that it's just just couldn't happen and it, it just wasn't right. So people needed to be kind of called out for it and, you know, some people didn't like it. Um, but, you know, it's it's a harsh old world, the game, and you need to be able to take criticism. You know, everyone should know that and it, it needed to happen. And, and like I say, fortunately enough, there was, there was a little spark after that, which which is why it had to kind of happen. I think there might be a similar situation when we talk about Morecambe in a couple of minutes' time. But just staying on this for a second, you mentioned there that you know you used that bust up as a team to move forward and kick on. But from a personal point of view, was it so easy for players to move on themselves? Given that I, I can imagine that a few didn't like being called out by a, you know a fellow teammate. Some people didn't didn't like it, um, which was kind of obvious. But it, it was it was a strange one because I, I've been on the end of getting kind of you know not shouted at, but kind of called out for stuff when when I was younger. And you, you learn from it. You you take it on the chin. You, you have a look in the mirror and you go, yep, you're right. Or I don't agree with it, but I'm going to show you like anything, like in any walk of life that we're in. And uh, I think a few of, few of the, the lads kind of thought not having it and, you know, just carried on doing their own thing. But the majority of boys kind of, you know, realised that we were in a, in a situation where, we're losing to Barrow away, and no offence to Barrow, but you know we should be going there and winning that game, and just realising the situation, and, and that's what it was. It was a reality check, and even the red words after the game, red words again on Monday, and, and like I say, there was a, there was that little kick on, and you just can't in that situation, you you can't have people just just there and, and and happy to be there, and I know a few of the lads had come from you know, non-league football and I, I just thought and I know a couple of the other lads thought that a few people that are just happy to be there, happy to be in league football and and that's just the way that people were kind of conducting themselves and it's just not on and fortunately enough, I, I have played at a higher level but any level you play at, they, they, you you have to demand of each other and you have to have the basics in the way that you you, you conduct yourself and, and a few, few people just didn't have that and, you know, they were told and you know, some people, like I say, didn't like it, and that was the way it was for a lot of the time. And some, you know, took it as a kick up the backside and, and started performing better. So, as you say there, we did start to perform better. We got those results. And I think at this point, you know, Neil Cox was talking about, you know, the aim being just to finish as high as possible. And that, I wonder if it was maybe because fans haven't been in the ground this season, you know, so we're a little bit disconnected. But we, we really sort of took that on board. And I think some fans even got a little bit carried away, you know, looking at playoffs for a little bit, um, you know, because we actually got quite close at one point. But, you know, did the did the atmosphere turn around then in the dressing room? And, and but what were the players thinking? Was it was it still very much an eye on you? Just we've got to get there enough points to stay up. Yeah, it was a strange one because I think we'd 
on that little spell, I think we ended up playing a few games more than some of the other teams around us. So even though we were we were up there, you know, there was there was still a few teams playing catch up. So the table was probably quite unrealistic in terms of, you know, where we actually would have been. But yeah, we we were getting. I mean, it's only natural you get a little bit giddy, and and we'd won four in the bounce, and you know you are looking up. The team started to perform well. We were going away to places we weren't expected to pick up wins and winning. You know, you start to get a real confidence in in the squad, and lads start to believe that they're good enough to kind of be higher up the league, and and that's where we were. So, yeah, maybe there were times where we we were looking up rather than you know maybe keeping our feet on the ground a little bit. But you have to enjoy the moments as well, and you know. It was nice to have that opportunity to kind of look further forward than behind, but obviously not too long after that, we kind of got brought back to ground a little bit, and you know the, the grind kind of started. But that little run was huge, and the, I'd come off in the Colchester game, and you know you could see that togetherness after the game where where we we'd won one nil, and it was a brilliant win, and everyone was together in the changing room, and, and unfortunately we didn't kick on again after that, but. You know that that was a real team in there at that time, so it, it was nice to nice to be in and around it. Yeah, I think you're right there because I remember watching a couple of the games. Port Vale away was one, and, and Colchester as well, and it did feel like there was a, a real togetherness. And maybe whether we deserved to win those games, I'm not sure on, on the balance of play, but we ground it out and, and we got something. And um, what do you think changed? Because I think obviously as we were heading towards the end of the season, and um, the form obviously tailed off. Um, but I think it was it was clear watching it there was maybe some arguments on the pitch and and things it just didn't seem as as the group didn't seem as together as as it perhaps once was. Uh, it, it was such a hard one, you know. Was, you'd come into training, there were just little things that you know that sh- shouldn't have been happening, and lads' attitudes, the way they'd be training. Um, yeah, there were there there were signs of us nagging at each other in, in sessions, which was probably uncalled for. Um, it was just little kind of negativity and, and things start creeping in. Lads start thinking they're better than what they are and loads of little things. And, and it was hard to kind of control because the games were coming so thick and fast. The team was constantly changing with injuries and COVID. And it was such a strange kind of environment even to be in, you know, little things that like we, we weren't allowed to even be in the changing rooms. We had to sit in the cars to, to begin training. All these little things just, they weren't helpful at all. And and then from having that probably bond, you know, traveling to these away games and, and being together during a couple of those weeks, you hardly really saw each other because you were just sat in your cars and then you'd be on the training pitch and you'd get off and, and you could feel there was kind of like probably a few clicks kind of forming and, and little things like this. So it was a, it was just a proper strange environment to, to be in, you know, and, and obviously new for everyone, but, one that I hadn't kind of really ever experienced in my career. It seemed, I think, from the outside that things came to a bit of a head at the Morecambe game. You know, as Matt said, the results were, you know, going down in form and there was a couple of heavy defeats in there. Um, I, I think one of the things that kicked off before we come on to the interviews from after that game was there was yeah. a lot of talk. And Neil Cox said it, you know, publicly before the game that, you know, a player essentially wasn't doing the homework had not watched the videos. Um, obviously we're not going to ask you to say who it was but how do players react for something like that is is it seen as like essential work that you have to do that and you know were you guys surprised that that player had not done it um yeah it was a given obviously that we were sent um we get sent clips uh, after every game from, from Ryan um and obviously the gaffer would, would say you know you need to watch these clips etc um 
so yeah it's kind of just a standard that part of your your routine that you, you'd watch it but yeah unfortunately that, that this player hadn't but yeah it was, I, I think everyone was obviously a little bit disappointed but I don't think it changed the whole kind of performance from the group you know it was just it was just a little thing that kind of added to it obviously a big thing as well but it didn't change probably the attitudes of lads on the pitch and the performance they were given on that pitch that wasn't all down to that player um so after that game or during that game you could just feel a real it just was horrible to kind of be in really you could feel like this negativity and, and we'd actually started the game quite well um we were keeping the ball better than we had done um so it's frustrating to, you know, to go go down, and then we just kind of gave up, and it was just just one of those days where it, it just felt like it was going to pop, and and we were trying so hard to kind of keep it together and keep everyone together, and it was just we were just in such a horrible situation where teams were kept winning games, and we were down the bottom, and it, it was hard, and yeah, everything kind of collided at the end, and it was probably the most emotional we've kind of been in the dressing room after. It was just you'd hate to say it, but you just felt like the writing was kind of on the wall for the group and something just needed to 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 happen. And yeah, it was it was just a it was just a terrible game and, and a and a tough tough performance where obviously I my head was kind of gone a little bit after and it was, you know, pure emotion kind of speaking, I'd say. Yeah, we'll come on to that because obviously you were on the radio after the game and I think it was it was really honest and actually um it was it was basically exactly what the fans were thinking. I think everyone that, that watched that game and, and had watched previous games kind of agreed with you on, on everything you said. Yeah. Um, but it, it did feel like you you kind of, um, you probably had more to say that night. Maybe, maybe you held back a little bit. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah, probably, yeah. Um, you know, it, it, the most frustrating thing is the fact that you, you're in a dogfight and you're just trying to get people to realise the situation. Um and when people kind of just don't care and it's so obvious that they don't care and you're trying your hardest to just for yourself to put on a good performance. But not only that, you, you've got your mates in the team who, you know, no one wants to get relegated from League Two and, and, and go back, go to the National League and, and not be a, you know, a, a football league player. And you, you've got a manager and, and coaching staff there who are trying their utmost to get the best out of you and do the best for you. And we just let everyone down and just genuinely think lads just weren't asked at all. And and that was the most infuriating thing that you know I've, I've probably witnessed in in my career. When you go on the radio after that, was was that something that not necessarily saying it was pre-planned, but did you expect to go on and do a speech like that at some stage, or was it just purely that essentially you know everything had come to a point in this you know from this defeat at Morecambe? Well, I think. You know, there's only so many times a gaffer can kind of come out on radio and, and it's hard for him, you know, when lads aren't performing on the pitch and obviously he's steering the ship. But, no, I just felt like someone else kind of had to say something as well and hear a different voice. And, you know, no, it was just nothing had been planned or anything. It was it was just the fact that in that moment, that was how, how I felt. And, yeah, myself and a couple of others probably do want to go a lot further and in, in how things were, but... You know, stuff has to kind of stay behind closed doors at times. And it's just, you know, going to Morecambe. And I know Morecambe were going for for promotion and obviously they have been promoted now. But, you know, we, we did a right at the start of that game. And it just, that you could there was something there for us to take and to be in that position. It was just 
so frustrating to then lose 4-1, you know, and the way it happened, it was it was just a horrible performance. And, you know, I just felt, I felt sorry for the people that are trying so hard to kind of get the best out of us. And, yeah, it, it, I know it was just, it, things didn't really put, get better after that, but, you know, sometimes it, it's only so much you can kind of take. And if you're doing an interview and, and you're listening to questions, it's hard to kind of refrain from, you know, saying how you really feel. I think uh, something that was happening maybe prior to that, but obviously um, around that time as well, was there was a lot of talk about contracts and contracts being withdrawn to certain players or contract offers being withdrawn. Um, do you think that had any impact, regardless of whether you you would expect those players to stay? Um, do you think kind of withdrawing those offers had any impact on maybe their attitudes and, and maybe, I don't know, I suppose if, if a contract's withdrawn, not down tools as such, but, you know, you, you kind of understand the point. Yeah, 100%. I think that was a huge, a huge thing. You know, I think a few players are mentioned and, you know, when you, when you're in the position of that you're trying to fight for your lives and get the best out of every player, the last thing that, that needs to kind of come out of the camp is that contracts have been withdrawn. Um, it either goes the way of a player gives everything they've got to either get a better offer or other clubs are watching or they think I'm not going to play for you um, and that that's just how it is it's just a very strange time for, for stuff like that to get leaked when you need everyone on board um, and I'm sure the fans will probably agree that you know no one when you're in a dogfight wants to be seeing con- the word contract withdrawn in, a, in an article you want to be seeing contracts signed and players that, that fans want to be there and players that have earned contracts sign up so yeah it was um it, it was it was bad timing and, and even that you know other lads that are kind of are waiting to get contracts or haven't been offered contracts then start thinking oh some stuff isn't is being offered so there's a lot of mind games that kind of goes into it and lots of lads kind of start thinking what's going on with me and and it wasn't the time you know being in middle of April trying to stay up in the league, it, it didn't help at all. That's my personal opinion in a way, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of others as well. So you mentioned there the situation about different players and contracts. Obviously, you know, players have been called out at various points in the season, the form's dipped, everything like that. You mentioned previously that we've seen that this group actually you know, has had a togetherness at one point. But after that game, did the I don't know did the dressing room ever get back to the point we had in January, or did it just sort of I guess limp on till the end of the season? Well, I think after that game, we was it Mansfield or, or was it Forest Green? I think we had after that, and it was just another classic case of we were we were winning, and then a couple of silly mistakes, and you you lose the game, and that would have been huge, you know, off the back of that that Morecambe game winning that one, and no, we 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 limped on. It wasn't. It was a disjointed dressing room, um, 100%. And it was so hard to kind of, you know, you're trying to speak to players that are playing and trying to get best out of them. And they're kind of looking through you <laughs> rather than kind of taking in what you're saying. They're probably thinking, shut up, mate. Like, I've had enough of you. But you're just thinking, right, we need to we need to get a point out of this. We need to get three points. And you're trying your utmost to kind of put what you think aside to getting the best out of someone. And, that, and that's what you've got to do but when someone's kind of just ignoring you and and you're about to play a game of football with them it's it's difficult and that has probably shown in in what happened with the results after that it it was a disjointed team and it it was it was it was hard it it was really hard and and probably the hardest moments I've had in my career really 
Yeah, I mean, from my point of view, I think if the season was maybe one or two weeks longer, I think we would have definitely been relegated. Um, is yeah. that how you saw it as well? Honestly, yeah, probably. Um, it was it was tough, you know, going into... I think we played that Newport game, didn't we? And I think when we'd come in after the game, whoever it was, was winning and, and it wasn't looking good for us. And then I think they... Was it Grimsby? And then they kind of uh, conceded yeah. and they lost the game, didn't they, in the end? And that was like a four. That was like a real a real realisation of like, wow. Like, I think that kind of made a few lads think we're very close to kind of having a relegation on our CV. Um, and I think after that, in that Bradford game, we really showed, you know, that that little oomph again. And, and fortunately enough, we, we, got, we got the point that, that kept us up but I'd probably say yeah it it was kind of right on the wall in terms of if if there was another week or two you know we we could have we could have been uh, relegated definitely was that ever a, like an actual talking point amongst the group did Neil Cox ever like refer to it explicitly yeah he kind of said look as you need to liven up and realize the situation we're in um he said for I mean, this is it. I, I've kind of been in around kind of teams that have been in that area. Before. I remember when I was at Bournemouth and I was only 18 or 19 and, and we were near the drop. And, you know, the, the manager at the time was kind of not really addressing the situation. So I, I kind of remembered that to the point where Coxie was kind of saying for the last six weeks, we need to win games. That We need to kind of get these points on the board because they will keep winning. And I remember sitting there thinking, you're right. But, you know, when it's so, they were kind of so far off it at one point, you're like, surely they can't catch us. And I think that's probably where you have to, I look back and I think, wow, look, he, he, he was so right so much earlier than I thought what it needed to be said. Like, it was just crazy that the other team just kept winning. And we were, we were so, in the end, so reliant on them dropping points rather than us going, going out and get the wins. And that, that showed in our, in our results, didn't it really? We, we, we couldn't. Did we not win one in the last? It was so many games we couldn't get a win. And fortunately enough, we got the point at Bradford. But yeah, everyone should have took note of what the gaffer was saying and Boone's and everyone saying you needed to get these wins earlier on the board to not have, you know, the the, the drama at the end. So he, he, he was saying it to us all the time, to be fair. I think one thing that's quite unique about, you know, your time at the club and, you know, this season is that you know you've played for the club the entire time without actually having fans see you in person, and yeah. obviously you've got you've got a lot of praise from fans you know on Twitter and everything like this, and certainly on this podcast you know, and it's clear that you made a massive impact. But I'm sure you know the fans not being there. Do you, how how did you sort of cope with that as a personal player, but then also in terms of where we were this season, and certainly at that end with other teams winning as you say and us dropping points. Is it was it more of a hindrance or more of a blessing that fans weren't actually there? I, I honestly don't know. You you kind of look at it from both sides and think, you know, if if fans were also at the other teams, you know, when they were having a real tough time, how they would have gone against the, the clubs. It worked, it kind of works both ways. But I mean, our prefer our performances weren't, you know, if if fans were there, would they have been thrilled with our performances? Probably not. And and you you had games like the Cheltenham game, which was you know such a bad performance and. I think when Exeter come, we we really let ourselves down. But whether with the team we had, if if fans had 
had been there, would it have kicked us on? I, I, I don't think so. I, I genuinely think it was probably for the best that that you guys weren't weren't able to be there because I, I think a few lads would have really gone into their shells and you know not been able to get near to even what they had been putting out there. I think that that's probably my honest opinion on it. That even though yeah, it was it was bad and, and we managed to stay up. I, I think with the, the characters in that dressing room and, and the lack of experience in a lot of the areas, I, I think we could have crumbled a lot earlier. Just one thing on sort of the, the characters of some of the players, and obviously we, we don't ask uh, names or anything like that, but certain players, well, quite a lot of the players that came in in the summer came in before the gaffer came in. Do you think if he actually was able to pick his own players and, and bring in the characters that he wanted, that we may have been in a better position by the end of the season? Well, yeah, I think 100%. But it would have been better off. Um, they weren't the gaffer signings. Um, you know, he he kind of was dealt dealt the kind of squad that he, he was given, and I, and I had to work with that until certain things would happen where he'd be allowed to kind of bring someone in. But I think you look at the signings made late in in uh, Mark being in goal, and then Junior being you know superb superb us at left back, and you know my experience in midfield. But we missed. You know, bits of quality and Kev was out for a lot of the time. I only played a handful of games with Kev. Um, and over a course of season, of a season, Kev's going to give you some valuable goals. You know, I think that was a, that was a massive miss. Um, yeah, I, I think if there was a more experienced squad at the start of the season, the gaff was able to bring in a few more that he kind of would have liked to. Yeah, I think the club would have been definitely better off, not only on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. And, you know, it's a shame that, you know a lot of the lads have left and, and there's not going to be a, a little bit of continuity because it's kind of start again from scratch um, really with a, with a lot of the squad and a lot of the lads that have left. Talking about this summer then, obviously you uh, moved on from the club. There were reports that you were actually offered a deal. I don't think the club ever co- confirmed whether that was the case or not. Um, was that the case? Um, we had discussions uh, towards the end of the season, you know, for, for quite a little while really. Um, would I like to stay? And I'd kind of say, well, it depends on obviously the situation we're in, etc. So kind of there's little chats going on the whole way. And and I, like I say, with my relationship with the gaffer, you know, he wanted me to stay. And for, for me, a huge part was, you know, him still being there and and also what security the club could give myself. Um, and I'm, it was just one of those things where we were having ongoing discussions that come to where the club, where I knew what they'd get to as a package. It, it was kind of there was, it was one of those things where it's like, look, is it official writing this off? There's no point because I won't accept it. Um, so it was like one of those things, really. It was, it was, yeah. Would you take this kind of thing without it being so official to say they're going to offer a contract? But yeah, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't financially viable for me to kind of accept what was kind of being mentioned at the time. Yeah, you mentioned finance there, and I think a lot of fans suspected that might have been the case. Was was there other things in terms of like I don't know ambition of the club for this season or certain things like that? You mentioned there that um, you know obviously Neil Cox is there, which would have been a big part, but we're not really having the continuity of players at the minute. You know, did you get the impression that that was going to be the case even then? Well, I think you know when when a club kind of says we've offered a contract or we're discussing a contract, you kind of you're put in a position where it's not really an offer. It's it's more like a, you know, some of the things that kind of, that I, I understand what the, the situation the club's in and I understand a lot of the, what the the football, in in terms of League Two situation are financially, but, you know, the, 
from what I've got offered from when I first walked through the door, which, you know, I was kind of shocked at was actually being offered. Um, it wasn't really that far off of that, to be honest. It wasn't even like you were, they at the club were making me an offer for me to even contemplate, well, if I, if this is happening, this is happening. It was just like, a, well, I can't take that, like, you know. But if it, if the club were more serious, or the chairman was more serious of, of getting me back to the club, yeah, the ambition of the club, you know, the gaffer being there, things around the place, you know, improving the, the facilities, improving the way things are done. Yeah, that's huge for me. You know, I just want to be a part of a, a place that's kind of, you know, ambitious, well run and, and wants to achieve something rather than kind of, you know, just be happy to, to have survived. And, and I think, you know, that was probably where I was thinking the the club was kind of going. They're, they're happy to kind of be there again next season and, that's just not what I want. I don't want to be in a scrap next season, and we're not not where that club is. Do you know what I mean? It, it was hard because I did enjoy myself, and the fans were so good with me. But it just wasn't an option really to kind of stay. Do you think that's kind of where the club's going to be next season, from what you've you've heard and, and what you've seen, and kind of plans for this season? Well, I, I think I remember reading another article during the season, but towards the back end of the season when everything was up in the air, and it was uh, everyone's going to be tied up by the end of May. I think that was what I read anyway, and I mean, you, you just—I know I'm, a, I'm an older player, but sometimes, you, and you're meant to kind of ignore the stuff you read. But when that's coming out of the club, you know, from from the chairman, and you, you're like, come on, you either do do that, or you know, you don't say it. <laughs> like, you, what kind of, and the gaff of the situation he's in, you know, if there's players he wants to bring in the club, you know, obviously some there's there's something not right because that's what was said and now we're we're into July and only one player's been signed and I've seen that, that Tony McMahon's gone in who's, who's going to be a quality addition to the coaching staff which will help but you need players through the door especially with the lads that have left and you know it's only a few weeks away from the season starting so uh, I'm hoping that something changes for the club so the fans can get excited. You've mentioned throughout this interview a lot about Neil Cox and you know you talked about his relationship when you were at the club without a deal and that you said that you know he was right a lot earlier than you realised. So it seems like you've had quite a positive relationship with him. Uh, yeah. It's obviously his first managerial role, so you know he, he in the end he has kept us up. How, how do you think he's you know he's found this season? Yeah, I, I would have found it very difficult, you know, with with the stuff that was going on and and all the ins and outs of covid and what he can and can't do um you know it would have been very very different and for him to have that in his first season would have been you know ridiculous really to deal with you know to to expect him to you know to to fly in his first season it would have been you know a miracle so the fact that he did keep the club up and that was his remit to keep keep the team in the league and and he did that with you know things in place where he wanted to improve and, and he wasn't able to um, I think he he done brilliantly to keep that that squad of players in the league and and I think probably and even myself I kind of looked back at the season I was with Mark the other day and we kind of was like out, you know it's amazing that we kind of did stay up when we were on the slide that we did and, and and we were kind of happy that we were were able to be a part of it um, so I think the gaffer should be proud of himself for keeping that team up um, especially with everything that was going on and you know I really hope that he'll be able to bring in some of the players that that he does want to bring in this season and you know have a good start and kick on from there because you know he's he's a player that's got incredible experience from playing and 
you know some of the things he'd speak to me about and you kind of like sit back and and you know you forgot at times that the gaffer had played at the the highest of levels with some of the some world-class players who I remember watching as a kid so it was an incredible time to kind of listen to them things and, and it was great to be a part of it but I really do hope he's able to kind of get out, go out and get who he wants and, and have a good start to the season. Just on a personal level obviously it was a really poor season for the club but you kind of you, you prove your fitness um, obviously put, got a lot of games under your belt so um, how good was it personally just to get those games under your belt and kind of put yourself in the shop window I guess for, for the, the coming season yeah it was it was great to be back involved and um, you know with, there's no better feeling than you know coming out of that that stadium um, with the adrenaline of, of playing a game having a having a tear up and, and you know getting the three points like it was I'd missed that feeling so much and I probably forgot how it felt. Um, no, I'd, I'd, me and Mark speak about it all the time and we'd be like, it's crazy how you can go from being so low after, you know, losing in the last minute to Salford or that Barrow game where they've gone on to win the game to then that feeling after the Grimsby game where you knew it was a local derby and like you, you almost had shakes after the game, the, the lows and highs. It was, it was, I forgot how hard it was actually to <laughs> to cope with it. Um, you, it was incredible feeling, it, and it, it it cracks me up the the buzz you get off it, and and the adrenaline rush, and that's what I'd miss. You know, it, it it's hard the games, you know, playing Saturday, Tuesday, and on these horrible pitches, and against you know some tough opponents. But when you're in that change room after, and you can just look at your pals, you know, knowing that you you give it everything you've got, and come away from three point with three points, like that's something that I I miss so much. And yeah, it, it did help me that I played over 20 games and, and put in some good performances um, and it's just a shame that kind of I only got to play half a season because I still feel like I was you know after being out of the game for over a year you know you don't just come back out of that long and, and play to your best of your ability so I know there was a lot more to come out of myself and I, I was a bit gutted the season finished when it did to be honest. Is that definitely the aim then to, to carry on? Because as you mentioned, you played a lot of games this end half of the season, and I yeah. think there's been reports circulating that you might have had a couple of you know interest from a couple of other clubs, sort of league higher, and I think some abroad as well. Yeah, I've I've had um you know quite strong interest from a couple of League One clubs, um, and you know a few offers from abroad, but we'll just have to see really. Um, you know, it, it it's tough. I, it's a strange one because I've. I've been out. I was out of the game. I obviously joined in late with Scunny and and the season before that, uh, just before that at Mill, uh, I went in quite late. So it's it's, a, it's quite a big decision for me. This one being 32, um, you know, I'm based up north. You know, it needs to be right for myself and my family, um, and that's why the abroad ones are quite interesting because it effectively. I don't know how long I can play for, but it's whether I kind of want to finish my career abroad or or in England. So it just just have to wait and see, really. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a couple of things out there that, you know, potentially going to happen. But no, I'm not. I'm not signed anywhere, anywhere just yet. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens in the next next couple of weeks. Really, I'm just gonna chill and enjoy my time off, and then and then see what happens. Obviously, you've you've been abroad on a couple of occasions, as, as you mentioned there. Yeah. Um, and one of those, obviously Galatasaray, and and playing in the Champions League was was that kind of a career highlight for you? Yeah, it, it, it was. Um, no, it was always a, a a goal of mine. I remember when I was I was younger and I was uh, at Reading at the time, and 
um, a little group of us got a, got a sports psychologist to sit down with us, and I remember writing out my goals as like what I want to achieve out of football. And uh, you know, it was playing the Premier League, playing the Champions League, um, achieving international cap. You know, so I had like five five things written down and to tick. You know, the majority of them off. Um, there was only one I I never managed to do. You know, so far which was get my international cap where I was on the bench for Turkey, which was frustrating. I didn't come on, but um, yeah, it, it was an incredible experience away at Atletico Madrid, you know, at the Vicente Calderon playing against, you know, Griezmann and, and Koke and, and players like that. It, it was comedy, really. I remember the anthem came on in, in the lineup and I remember seeing my mum and dad and that and my, and my wife and I just burst out cracking up. I just started laughing in, in the lineup because I was like, what is going on here? Me and my brother, obviously, growing up, used to watch all the games together. So it was quite funny, you know, listening to that anthem. And it was just my reaction to being in that situation. I just laughed through it because it, it didn't seem true. So it was nice to uh, achieve that. But playing in Turkey was a, was an incredible experience. And you know, it, didn't, it didn't work out for the best, really. But it gave me the opportunity to, you know, go and, go and achieve a dream by, by playing in the Champions League. I think uh, we'll start to wrap up very briefly, but I think another interesting point for Scunthorpe fans is you obviously spent a lot of time at Reading in your career and you will have crossed over with Nigel Adkins and I think you made you captain for a season as well. What, what was your yeah. relationship like with him? Yeah, Nigel, Nigel was amazing. Um, when he came in, it was on the back end of our season in the Premier League and he came in and changed the way we played football and you know I was really enjoying it. Obviously, unfortunately, we went down that season, but he kind of set a way of playing. Um, and started off the, the, the next season really well, and, and until I got my um, my ACL injury, which which ruled me out for quite a while. But he'd made me the uh, the captain the next season, and it just had a really good relationship with him and Cros and and Dean Wilkins, who they were just incredible for me when I weren't being able to play, and got me in and around it, and and just made sure that you know I, w- I was in and around it rather than kind of just being on the sidelines because it, it was a really difficult time of my my career and there was times where I didn't think I'd be able to play again. So by him giving me the armband, he really kicked me on. And unfortunately, he'd left the club before I was able to come back from injury. But, you know, he's a, he's a top top class manager and a top class man as well. Who, who when I see, I have a, have a good old crap with him. So, no, he, he was he was wicked. And, yeah, it was um he, he was good for me during my time at Reading. And just to finish off then, um, obviously, short time at Scunthorpe, but essentially completed the job and, and the task at hand which was to stay in the league um, obviously it was a very disappointing season um, but can you just sum up your time at the club and, and have you got a message for the fans because obviously um, didn't manage to play in front of them but obviously yeah. a lot were very complimentary about your performances during your time here no they were they were amazing a lot of the messages I got on got on Instagram and and that it was um, you know it was, it was brilliant especially for being out of the game so long you start having these little doubts creep in sometimes and you know, they really kept me going. Um, you know, there's a top-class fan, fan base who, who really care about their club. And it was just, like I say, it was, it was unfortunate, I think, to play in front of them. But, you know, never say never. Who knows what could happen in the next few weeks. Um, but, no, it was an incredible incredible time to have there. And it really made me fall back in love with the game. And, you know, just a big thanks to, to everyone who, who helped me and, and cheered me on. And especially, like I say, the, the coaching staff were amazing with, with me coming coming back in, being out for a while. You know, the Mike, the physio, Ryan, the co staff Boons and they were they were they were just wicked and, and the gaffer as well. So no, I, I really enjoyed my time at the club and, and hopefully um 
you know, one day I can I can come back down and and you know, whether I'm playing or against you or whatever, it'll be it'll be great to come down and, and you know say hello to everyone. And as Matt said, we'll end there. Uh, Jem, thank you so much for doing this and thank you for everything this season. You know, I'm sure all Scunthorpe fans really do appreciate that. No worries, I appreciate it as well. Thanks a lot. And thank you everybody for listening to this. We'll see you on the next one. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.